and welcome to another episode of Alexis Says. I am your host, Alexis Miguez, and joining me this week is Carlos Briseño. What's up, buddy? What's going on? And new guest, Stephen Mugbo. Hey, what's up, everybody? Nice what's to be going here. on, fellas? Welcome to 2021. We made it. 2020 is over. We are still alive. We're still here. We almost still in quarantine. No, no, this yeah, might. No, uh, no, saying this might be a DLC package. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Exactly. Yeah, 2021 might just be the DLC for 2020. So we'll have to see what happens. It's the season finale of 2021. <laughs> is the season finale of 2020. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting for the day one patch to come out for for 2021. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. You know, that, it didn't start off too great, but today was a particularly good day because Agent Orange has officially left office. We have a new president now. So hopefully that means that I don't know what will happen. I don't know. But that's the point of today's episode. We are going to talk about predictions, what we think is going to happen. So we each of us have three particularly bold predictions that we are going to bring out as to what we think is going to happen for the year of 2021. A lot has happened already, and we're only three weeks in. So, you know, like, I think it's fair to say that whatever we have out there, it may happen. You know, 2020 was a crazy year, you know, and it's not far off to think that 2021 will be just as crazy. So, you know, like, I'm sure whatever we got up our sleeves, you know, uh, might might just fit the bill, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I got some bold predictions that it's, one is pretty laughable, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Carlos says that his are kind of vague, and, I'm, and I was like, "That's not, it's not helpful at all, bro." Like, what, what does that even mean? Yeah, I mean, it's just these uh, going into twenty twenty one. It's the 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 idea of narrowing down specific things that can happen is just like it's 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 pretty difficult because if you thought uh, the out of out of how crazy of a year twenty twenty was um, to to actually like narrow down things in regards to like. Australia, 90% of it catching on fire. You probably wouldn't have thought, you know, that, but that is like a very specific yeah. thing, you know, so, or, you know. Yeah, like Tiger King was 2020, you know, right. that feels like so long ago, which by the way, by the way, Joe Exotic did not get pardoned. He did not oh, get the man. last minute pardon. It didn't happen. The guy's still in prison. Lil Wayne did though. And for some reason, Kodak Black. I'm like, why? I well, like, I woke up and I saw that. I'm like, I thought I was still dreaming. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't. Like those string of words did not make any sense to me. When some, like I read it this morning on New York Times, I'm like, this this is a joke, right? <laughs> this is like yeah. an Onion article or something. Like this is not real. Yeah, here we are. There, there was um, there was a stretch pickup limousine waiting outside of Joe Exotic's prison in case he got pardoned by Trump. Like it was just out there waiting for him. It oh was God. Yeah, it was it was freaking ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, so. It's been a while since um, I've done a show. Like it's been like what, Carl? Probably like a month and a half since we did anything as far as the show goes. So you know, I'm sure a lot's happened by then. So like you know, before we go on to the predictions, you know, let's catch up. So like, uh, like what, what did you fellas do to end your your 2020? You know, any any games you guys finished up? Any movies you guys you know managed to see? Like what's been happening? Oh man, I'm trying to think. What did I do the last two weeks? Because the last time we talked was we we spoke about finally like acquiring our ps5s and what it's been like wasn't that the last thing we talked about yeah uh, the last thing I, I published basically yeah because we did an episode where we talked about like all the star wars shows that were coming out but oh yeah, yeah. Too, much, too much shit happened i wasn't able to get it out sorry guys it, it'll it'll forever be out in the ether you know it'll, <laughs> it'll be like lost doctor who episodes <laughs> um but yeah um let me let me see. Like I, uh, Steve and I were talking that I picked up Final Fantasy VII remake again. I'm actually trying to you know go through and finish it. 
because I picked it up, I think, in October, played it for about a couple hours and then dropped off. But now I'm, I'm back on it full on. I want to say I'm like, well, maybe like 60% done with the game. So, and so far, it's it's amazing. Like, that game's only gotten better for me as I, the more I played it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. I don't know. If no, you no. Okay. You know, I was saying, like, it's a PS5 version. Does it come with, like, the 60 frames per second, or is it still 30 frames? Uh, no. As far as I know, like, there's no PS5 upgrade for it just yet. Um, it's just, you know, it just has the quick load times that you get with the solid state drive on the PS5. The only the only game that I've got that you know other than like you know like Spider Man Miles Morales and uh, Valhalla that got like a PS5 upgrade, um, actually I think that was it. Like I got Man Eater, which was a free game, but that one you know the, that was a PS5 game. I already had the upgrade in it, so I can't really think of like any game that's just really. Oh, uh, Star Wars: Fallen Order got a PS5 upgrade recently, but that was just for the frame rate. Uh, the load times are a little better. They're still shit. You know that hasn't changed. <laughs> They're still horrifically long but yeah it, it runs a lot smoother now and like you know it's, it's already an awesome game so it just runs better yeah th- i think that that got an upgrade um the big one that that um i think people seem to forget is uh days gone got a ps5 upgrade where now it. it runs yeah it basically it it it's essentially the same uh, version of the game that ran like on ps4 pro so you get like you know the better resolution uh um you get uh it's like the whole like almost basically almost 4k but they, they they do the checkerboarding stuff that like god of war did so it looks really good but it always still ran at 30 frames and it also had really bad load times um and then now the up the update which was a you know a nice free update and it's one of those games you do get for free now with the playstation plus collection um if you've never played it and i've never i've never played it so i just i just know that now it's there's more of an incentive for me to play it but now you get it it runs at a, a full 60 frames uh, along with you know the full 4k checkerboarding and so obviously it looks and plays great now and and apparently that game has changed a lot since it first launched in terms of just like content and the way the game plays and like it's way better than when it was when it first came out so that's that's yeah. definitely a big one yeah definitely like that's what i heard too like um you know yeah so we got ps5s we got as far as, as a ps plus collection so it's there it's chilling like in mm-hmm. my in my collection but you know obviously i'm not playing it for a while i got too much stuff to play right now yeah. and I, actually steven since you're here oh, tell, us, tell us about your cyberpunk 2077 experience uh i was over that already <laughs> <laughs> i actually I actually had a ground i had to like um put it down for a little bit just because it it crashed on me at least 10 times in the span of two weeks and that's i have never played a game that's happened to me before like at most i've only I don't think I've like Miles Morales crashed on me once and that was on day one and it never mm. happened again. So it's just weird to play a game that's supposed to be on a PS5 and it runs perfectly fine for the most part. And then when you get a game that's been in development since 2012 and it's been like actually in working since 2016 and should have been for a PS4 that can barely run on a PS4. Granted, I do have a PS4 Slim, so it's not the most powerful thing in the world, but if I could run in Final Fantasy VII without any hiccups, and it was just so annoying. Like <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask you what platform you were playing it on because there are some where it's just like don't even bother. And I and yeah. I, I'm assuming since you mentioned now that you just you have a PS4 Slim, yeah, yeah I can see why that game is like I I I bought it for PS5 day one. Um, I knew that it had you know uh, a little bit more stability on that platform, even though it, you know it still wasn't like how it is on PC. Yeah, but even getting, I got maybe like 
maybe two hours into it. I, I didn't even get past the initial like prologue. Yeah. And one of the uh, one of the missions that just crashed on me, and I was like, I I really thought about it, and I basically told myself, I have so many other things that can I can like take take up my time, and yeah. I can wait for them to basically you know patch it up, and then eventually give us the free update on on the next gen consoles so that it runs kind of like how the PC version runs. Because man, that th- their whole story those those two three weeks of the holiday season they those people in Poland had the worst holidays ever. Yeah. So oh yeah yeah for sure. <laughs> Uh, and like it's still a shitstorm. Like it, they had like an apology video a few days ago, and it was a, still a terrible apology. It's like stop apologizing. You're not good at apologizing. Please, please stop, stop talking. It. Stop talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not help, helping yourself. Just go back in the studio, fix the game, and then release the patch. You know, like me, I'm, I haven't gotten it. I'm waiting for the PS5 upgrade to come out because like I don't even want to bother with all like the bugs and the crashing and stuff like that. So yeah, and like like Carl said, I have too much stuff to play anyway. So like that will take up my time until they release it and fix it. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I stopped. I once that once it crashed, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna play Assassin's Creed Valhalla just because like there's so much meat to that game, and and yeah. I know that it, it obviously runs perfectly fine on Ooh. PS5, and it has an actual upgrade to it. So I started. I to, to be honest, that was that's probably the one big thing I played over the holiday break as I started playing that, and then I um I messaged you the other day, Alexis. I I finally started playing uh, Hades on Switch, and yep. it's so good. That it's is. So good. Good. Yeah, um, yeah, Steve and I were talking about it because uh, he, he was talking about his game of the year, maybe Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I told him that for me, it was between um, The Last of Us Part Two and Hades. And like lately, I've been leaning more towards making it Hades just because, you know, like The Last of Us Part Two, like masterpiece, right? Like that's a game that like people will talk about for generations. Um, you know, Steven, you haven't played it yet, so I'm not going to spoil anything. But when you, <laughs> that game's going gonna, gonna to blow your mind. But I don't know, something about Hades, just like just everything about it, right? Top to bottom just sticks with you. Right, like it's a game that literally, like I, I don't mind rote likes. Like I'm, you know, and Hades has made me love them to the point where I'm actually playing Bloodborne now, and like <laughs> I always, always hated like the Souls games or anything like that. But playing Hades and dying all those times and knowing that it means something, you know, made me want to try out Bloodborne. And now I'm actually playing Bloodborne now. Hmm, that's funny. Yeah, I I would agree. I think uh, we I've talked about it before. I was never the biggest fan of roguelike games just because. I like for games to have that feeling of like an ending and roguelikes are, you know, essentially a lot of them out there don't really have endings. I mean, some of them do, but the idea is that you just keep playing and playing and playing and Mm -hmm. Hades, I think falls into that category. I haven't gotten far enough where I I think I'm at the ending to be quite honest. Alexis, I've gotten past, I think three bosses, maybe two bosses. I got, I got to, uh, um, not the second level, the third one, the one that has uh it's like all like 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 aqua looking, like teal looking. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Um, teal okay. Um have, have you Elysium. Gotten past, uh, oh, Elysium. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so but have you fought the bosses in Elysium yet? I haven't gotten past. I've only gotten up to there. So Okay. Yeah. But they're a pain in the ass. So yeah. have fun with that. <laughs> yeah. So but after playing that, I I mean I've I've fallen in love with it. And I would agree it's definitely in my uh I would say my top three of game of the year, but my mm-hmm. top three is is that The Last of Us Part Two and and to be honest, uh Ghost of Tsushima. Just oh, yeah. because how, you know, just that game was so flawless. And for yeah. being, you know, nobody really expected it to be as good as it was. Yeah. And like, how good is that Legends mode? Have you played it, by the way? The, the a little bit. Mode? Very it, little. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun, dude. Yeah. Like, it, it's just the same It's the same combat, but you're playing with other people. It's so much fun. Yeah, that's something I probably want to get into. Yeah, I say Ghost of Shima is like 
it's between Ghost of Shima and Final Fantasy VII. Where like, Ghost of Shima is one of those games I'm like, I heard about it, I forgot about it. And since I was like, I'm going to skip Last of Us, that was my, all right, I have to get this game. And I love enjoy, like, I love a good open world game that doesn't make you feel like a mission to do everything. You feel like you are compelled to do it because it rewards you. And even if it's like a good story or like an item, you feel like, all right, I invested time for this and it rewards you at the end of it. So, mm-hmm. and then combat, one of the best combats I've ever played with the game, just like, it just felt so smooth. And once you got that rhythm down, like, it just felt, you felt like a badass. You felt like a ninja, like a ninja yep. or a samurai. <laughs> that was the point of the game. And like, you did it. <laughs> After playing that combat in that game, it's actually, um, it's it's a little difficult or a little bit bittersweet when I'm playing uh, like Valhalla because Valhalla is fine. There's mm-hmm. nothing in that game as I, I've, I've put maybe like 20 something, almost 30 hours into it. Um, there's really nothing in that game that stands out to me as being amazing. It just does a lot of things relatively well. But mm-hmm. when I'm playing like the combat in that game in comparison to like the combat like in Ghost of Tsushima, it's like we got spoiled with Ghost of Tsushima. And then, oh, yeah. 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 Like my, my, my main gripe with Valhalla is the armor isn't fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the looting in that game isn't fun. Like in Odyssey, like one of the biggest things I loved about that game was the loot. Right. You were constantly getting loot and on the armor always looked cool because you were Spartan and Spartan armor is just awesome. Right. Yeah. But when you think of Vikings, you don't really think of their armor. So like the axes, like just more like the presence of a Viking is like their ferocity and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. like for me, it's like I'd rather play God of War if I want that feeling of being like a Viking. I think Mm -hmm. Kratos is not the same as a Viking, but it's same atmosphere. So like that's why I'm like I rather just wait a little bit because I'm a little burned out from a Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like I put at least a hundred hours into it and I still didn't beat it. So I'm like, I, I just like I seen that I'm not gonna touch an Assassin's Creed for a little bit because I was like, when Quarantine yeah. first started, that was the game I was like, put a majority of my time into. There is always yeah. like too much. Like yeah. the Assassin's Creed games are 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 leaning on that like that territory of like, all right now there's just too much things to do in the world that like you just get bogged down by that. You know, we talked about it before the whole whole open world syndrome that mm-hmm. you just. You know, you but there's too much to do, and, and yeah, and you just like not that it scares you away, it just turns you off, and you're like, I, I don't want to do that. It's I, like I it's like homework. Want. It's like homework. Like exactly, you, you look at the map, and you're just like, it's fatigue. <sighs> you know? It's like, oh, okay, go. And things that too, I remember with the Odyssey, it's like four tabs of missions. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna do all this. Like, <laughs> like, and like, good twenty percent of his DLC missions. Like, I definitely not gonna pay to do this because, <laughs> like, yeah. if I'm barely doing it for now for the base price, I am not doing this for another forty dollars just to get all the DLC and shit. So yeah, yeah, and, and like, I actually got the season pass, and like, I started playing. I, I finished the first part of the first Blade um, story, yeah. but then I was, I, yeah, I got burned out. And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I'll probably go back to it later, but right now I'm good. <laughs> I guess. So, yeah. so too, oh, sorry. It was like I was just saying. What, I guess so too. Is like if I think those games are really for people who just don't play other games. Like they play the, like two, three games a year. And because mm-hmm. I have a friend, he only plays FIFA and Assassin's Creed, and he has like maybe 400 hours and hours in Assassin's Creed because he does everything. And when the next Assassin's Creed comes out, he dedicates another 400 400 hours to that. So he's saving a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that is true, man. But I, I can't do that, man. Like, yeah. I'm the kind of guy where, like, you know, like, for me, like, I have too many games to catch up. My my backlog is insane, especially now with the the collection from the PS5 to get for free. My backlog is stupid big, and yep. they're all and they're all like eighty hour plus games, like Persona Five, Days Gone, <laughs> Monster Hunter World. 
you know, all these yeah. games that I want to start playing. And I'm just like, I don't, I physically do not have the fucking time to play all these games. <laughs> like it'll be 2022 and I won't have played all those games yet. I have the problem that my backlog is on multiple consoles because I have a backlog on my PS5 and then I have a backlog on my Switch. So then it's like mm-hmm. it starts getting to the point where and then you start adding. All right. Now I have a backlog of shows I need to catch up on and a backlog of of movies that I need to watch. And it's yeah, it, it, yeah. it becomes endless. Actually. Oh, so speaking of shows, we uh, we started Ted Lasso. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Great. Absolutely great. Yeah, um, like uh, we we just saw the first episode, of the pilot, and I loved it. And like I thought, it, I thought it was really cool. Let me tell you, dude, it's one of uh, I I wrote on Facebook as which I I very rarely write Facebook statuses, but the one time <laughs> I wrote something at least this year or last year, sorry, was that Ted Lasso was my surprise show of the year, where it was it's way better than it deserved to be. I mean, it's literally based off of a, a, a freaking NBC Sports skit that they put on YouTube. For, and that was basically it. So oh, really? That's, it yeah. That's yeah. funny. So it's it's great, Alexis. Like you'll you'll like it a lot. Like if you like the pilot, it just it's a, it's a very feel good show just because of like you know that character is so like optimistic and whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and like nothing gets that guy down. So like yeah, yeah I had to see like where it goes. Yeah. So I it's highly really recommend good. finishing it. It's really awesome. good. All right, fellas, let's uh let's get to it, man. Let's talk about our big twenty twenty one prediction. So, Stephen, you're the new guy. You okay. go first. Brother. All right. This is a wild one, but you know, after the recent news of Lucas Games, I think anything is possible right now. So I'm saying that Kotor 3 will be announced and it will be an Xbox exclusive. Oh, shit. So Bethesda, yeah. you think it's going to develop it? Bethesda or maybe another studio that Microsoft has, just because of how Kotor has always been on Xbox. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they make a deal with Disney. It's like, hey, we'll do a core tour style game on Xbox. Maybe a one year exclusive at most, but mm-hmm. that game is going to come out. It's going to be an Xbox like marketing tool mm-hmm. for Game Pass, especially. Okay, no, you know that that one makes sense because yeah, they need a killer app, right? They need something to come out and you know say basically, come get an Xbox. You know, this is the game you know that you, makes you want to get an Xbox because you know we're still waiting on Halo Infinite. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, that's definitely, yeah. Cause like how long have you been wanting code tour three, basically, you know, like core tour two and exactly. I was never really into those type of games. And then, you know, I got a 360 and then like, I went to GameStop one day, they're on sale. I'm like, all right, star Wars, whatever I heard about it. And then this is like 2006 and I'm like, all right, you know, backwards compatible, at least like four games out anyway on 360. And I got those games. I'm like, this is one of the best, because you know, you didn't really have those star Wars games out that time period so it was one of those things where it hooked me in i love one 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 more than two because two is mm-hmm. it ends really weirdly it's it's yeah the story <laughs> made no sense in two man like yeah. it was over and i was like wait what the fuck just happened <laughs> like it was very odd that's one of the first times i went on ign i'm like did i miss something and I'm like yeah this is the ending and like oh okay <laughs> like part 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 one was a was basically the game the game that made bioware the big studio that it was in the late you know when the kotor one come out like 2000 probably uh, maybe yeah, yeah it was the first, first xbox yeah right so and at that time bioware was you know they they have, were getting bigger but this was like their first knockout hit and um, um i was re- actually reading right now that i completely forgot that kotor 2 was even um, first of all, I already forgot that there even was a Kotor too, just because how mm-hmm. popular Part One was. But then um, I read that it was uh, Obsidian did Part Two, yeah. 
Uh-huh. And so that just means that that franchise technically can bounce around between different developers because yeah. um I mean if if it's if you're claiming it to be a Steven a Microsoft exclusive, I mean the only people I can think of that would uh that would be able to um pick that up because I think Obsidian is are they still on their own? I actually that's no, a they good question. Bought, uh, they got bought they? From Microsoft, yeah. Oh. oh okay. Okay. So so what's it so the, the Outer Worlds was like like their last multi platform game? Yeah. I think I think so. Yeah, they're they're owned by Microsoft. Yeah, you're right. So, okay. so it could be them too. It could be them just yeah. coming back and finishing. I mean, it really just depends on uh, where the where they're willing to let that the Star Wars license go to. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. now Ubisoft is making a, a Star Wars game, um, yeah. so, so we'll see. But I mean, that's I can definitely see that happening if there's a lot of fanfare. Um, yeah. But I'm worried about that Ubisoft game being kind of like all right this is maybe the next kind of i mean because kotor is obviously a very straightforward um rpg it wasn't really necessarily open world or anything but um i mean yeah i i i think that'd be really interesting that'd be really cool um because yeah like well part one for me was definitely one of my favorite star wars games like ever made definitely you know like the the story was just like just amazing with darth revan and you know the twist in the story where you you find out your character actually is darth revan (laughs) And you're like, what the fuck? You know, and, and you're like, I was already like leaning towards the dark side a little bit already in that game because, like, why the hell would I not want to be a sit? You know, fact is, you get access to lightning. You know, it's yeah. like, why would I not pick the the dark side? Yep. And, and then when you find out that you're Darth Revan, I'm like, oh, I'm going full in on the evil, then, baby. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, next yeah. thing you know, like, I'm doing lightning on three people at once. I'm crushing hearts with the force. Like, it was it was just amazing. Yeah, I remember that game because, like, just because, like, yeah, you can just pick how you want to play the story and i think at that time period you okay you had the prequel trilogy starting to come out i think two was coming out a year before so it was that like idea of like, creating your own star wars story and this is something that wasn't it was canon but it was so far in the past where you can do everything you want and then, yeah that dark revan reveal was like holy shit <laughs> like that was really cool so i like to see them continue the story i think um obsidian would be a good choice i know they're working on another like kind of like almost like a skyrim type of game so i don't know if they're gonna be tied up that long but if you know i i'll take whoever can take it and just make that game because i think that was one game people have been i know they did an mmo but i yeah the access to that like it isn't what you know you would get from like a, a standard kotor game so yeah and yeah fact is like if they announce it that game's gonna sell people are gonna get that game they've been wanting it for over a decade yeah. whoever gets that game if they get it exclusively it's gonna sell it's gonna be a hit that's how we have Mass Effect, so anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, and, you know, Bioware is not what they used to be, that's for sure. Like, Casey yeah. Hudson, you know, like the guy that was there for the first Kotor, right? He was there for the first Mass Effect, right? Well, it's for the whole trilogy. He's yeah. gone. You know, and so the studio is really, yeah. like, it's up in the air right now with that studio, so, like, ever, um, I wouldn't rely on them to do this. Ever since they got bought out or are bought by EA, they've never been the same. So, because, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, Mass Effect 2, I think, was the first game that they were under the EA brand and that is considered apparently, you know, the, the best of the trilogy. So people thought they were off to a good start. And then obviously part three came out and then you had like games like dragon age and you had, uh, obviously Anthem. And so it's been a little bit of a, a downhill spiral for Bioware. And then Casey, like Alexis was saying that uh, Casey Hudson left, came yeah. back and left again. So, yeah. um, so it's yeah, really like, y'all on your own. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm out this bitch. Yeah, that's when I saw that announcement for uh, Mass Effect 4. I'm like, 
All right, guys, this is your moment because the drama. I I rewatched that video, a video of a drama, though. I'm like, yeah, this game was terrible, and I just I forced myself to beat that game because like I got it, I pre-order it. One of many lessons in life, not to pre-order a game, and I'm like, this is the most one of the, until I got uh, Cyberpunk, one of the most miserable experience I had with the game. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I remember getting it, and I and almost. I basically was like lying to myself and saying that, oh, I, I like it. I like it. And I kept playing it and playing it. And then it, it got to the point where I was like, you know what? It's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It, it's very forgettable. Like, I honestly forgot the, the story about that game. I forget who the bad guy was. I forgot everything about that game. Yep. Like, I couldn't tell you about it. Yeah. Nothing There's nothing that stands nothing out at all. Only thing I remember is like, I was like a ninja sorry. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. But, Everything else was trash. It's <laughs> that's when I knew something was wrong with Bioware. Like, okay, what's going on with guys? Because this is not <laughs> what's going on over there. Who needs to be talking to or something? Like, are you guys okay? <laughs> something, something's off, man. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So I'm, I'm gonna go with my prediction. So mine is in the realm of television. So okay. my prediction is is that Wandavision will be Marvel's way of introducing mutants into the MCU. <laughs> Uh, we talked about this. <laughs> yes, yeah, we have definitely. So, yeah, so for you know, I, I saw the first episode. I haven't seen the second one yet, uh, so I'm, I'm not sure how much they've gone into going into you know, like how fake obviously what's going on with the Miz and you know what's going on, right? So my theory is is that Wanda's powers are basically going out of control, right? Um, Wanda is a mutant. We know this, right? In the comics, she's a mutant. She's one of the most prominent mutants. Her dad is Magneto. And, you know, her brother Quicksilver, like in the movies, but the movies obviously couldn't use mutants at the time because, right, Fox still owned the X-Men. So they basically gave her her powers with the stone. Uh, I forget which one. Was it the Mind Stone? Soul Stone? Yeah, Mind, Mind Stone. So it, was, yeah. it was, yeah, uh, the one that was in uh, Loki Scepter. And, and the staff, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, the Mind Stone. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's what gave her her powers, right? So what I'm thinking that the show will do, her, her powers are going to, you know, obviously she's gotten more powerful as the MCU has gone on. You know, like she kicked the shit out of Thanos by herself, no problem. Um, so I think her powers are just going out of control, which is, you know, they're creating that reality that she's living in because we know the division is dead. So I think that her powers have brought him back and that basically she, you know, they're just running rampant, they're running out of control. And then they're, they're, her powers are going to be what helps basically set off the X gene in the MCU and basically usher in the X Men. Or, or at least, you know, like that, that's one thing. Now, the timeline might be a little bit off, but, but what I'm thinking is so in the comics, Right, um, there was an event called the House of M, right, yeah. which I'm, I'm sure you fellas know about, right? Where like you know she uttered those three famous words, "No more mutants," where she literally took away all you know, like literally 85 percent of the population lost their powers because she said those words. So I'm thinking the opposite is going to happen here, where she's going to basically, you know, she won't say bring on mutants, but I feel like her powers will activate X gene in people, and then all of a sudden here are the X Men, here are mutants, and this is what we have to deal with. My guess is that uh, I, I think you're on the right track. There might be this possibility, Alexis, where not necessarily that like she um, that she like, uh, I guess you would say, turns on the mutant gene in people uh, by just, I don't know, either saying something or whatever. My guess is that maybe her powers become so rampant that she has to kind of like dissipate her powers to just the populace. And then that kind of just starts creating mutants in general. You know what I'm saying? Where like yeah. she's getting to the point where like, yeah, like. She's probably like this because of her um, not being able to coke. Oh, coke! coke. <laughs> yeah. Not being able, not being able to cope you know, a with a whole lot of coke since Vision died. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, not being able to cope with Vision's death, um, or just you know, because 
his death happened in, in a previous movie and then we go through a whole an entire movie and she seems to be relatively fine with it. So I'm assuming this is, this is more of like just her remembering him and kind of like putting herself in this reality. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you're, I think you're on the right track with this is the way they're going to introduce the, the mutants into the MCU just because I mean, why not? Right. I mean, it's, they, they own the X-Men now again. And, yeah. uh, this is, probably the most seamless way that they can do it without having to, you know, start a whole new, you know, X-Men origin movies again and recasting people and, and oh, without explaining it, you know, so no, this no more, no more origin movies. Right. No so this, no this is a way I think of explaining, uh, the, uh, the, on the, on, uh, the bringing on of, of mutants within the uh, MCU world. So I, I think you, I think you're on the right track. I think I, I would agree with, with your prediction, especially because yeah. they're, they're saying that this starts phase four. So, yeah, it would yeah, make it, even more sense. It, it just makes sense because, like, first of all, they haven't announced anything with the mutants. We know they're happening, but they haven't announced anything. Like, they they already said they're making a Fantastic Four movie. They already announced a director, but we have nothing for mutants, right? So, you know, obviously, they have to bring them in. How are you not going to have Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey in the MCU, right? So, the only way that I see that happening is like here you have Wanda, who is an established mutant, an established you know MCU character with these powers that can definitely bring these characters in. So yeah. it, it just makes sense that they're going to find some way, especially with this movie tying into the, um, into Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Like, I think it's just because her powers go so crazy that she just fucks everything up, including the multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that too. Um, another thing is with sword. The, I know the acronym, they changed it for Mar- the MCU where now it's like sending, was it sending it uh, weapon authorization Div- response division? So I think their their responsibility is pretty much watch over living weapons. So that mutant theory kind of plays out where maybe something Wanda does starts bringing up people with super. I mean, where we had that already with you know, oh like Peter Parker, Spider Man, whatever. But I think you're starting seeing more average people are showing they have powers now. So we need a response to that. So. I see them like again. Marvel's planting the seeds right now. They're just like, all right, the thing you're not gonna notice now is gonna be something bigger on five years from now because of mm-hmm. this one thing. So, yeah, I I heard another theory that kind of makes sense that maybe Wanda might be the big, not the big villain for this phase, but helps. It might be like the Loki of this phase where maybe she becomes a villain in this phase of okay, maybe because of how she deals with what happens in Wandavision, she may goes on the side of evil for a little bit. I mean, she's that powerful. I mean, I don't think she's gonna go full villain, but maybe like a all right, we need someone needs to take you down, which is Doctor Strange. So if you yeah, kind of away, he's gonna snap, yeah. Yeah, because I mean I know in the comics she's had those moments before where she's like, All right, so we need to take you down. So it'd be kind of cool, especially with Doctor Strange and what they do with the character is I mean, he's already gonna be in Spider-Man. Like that whole the multiverse thing is really kind of playing around with, like you said. That'd be an easy way to put mutants in. Oh, they're different, different universe. Oh, yeah, they're here. You gotta deal with them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could do that too. Yeah, because then that would explain, you know, yeah, because all of a sudden you're gonna have like well, Wolverine just pops up in the middle of nowhere and he has, you know, and like if you want to bring them in, establish already in their powers, and that's what you can do it. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe they come in from a, a multiverse that's basically dying and they need some somewhere else to go. Yeah. Right. And they come to the MCU, you know, universe. So there, there, there are a million options to bring them in. You know, like I'm sure they've already got it figured out, but you know, hopefully I figured it out for them. <laughs> Take your check, bro. Give <laughs> me a check, man. Come on, Kevin Feige. I'm right here, bro. Carlos, <laughs> uh, you, you want to go, man? Oh, yeah, it's my turn, I guess, right? <laughs> that's how things work. 
Um, yeah, my, my prediction was it was a little bit, like I said, more of a vague, uh, broad type of prediction, but um, it's kind of like a uh, cause and effect type of prediction where I think the cause is if Disney commits to sticking with their uh, Disney Plus streaming service to for everybody to have access to like everything Marvel and Star Wars and not put things back in theaters ever again. I think if that does happen, I think uh, we I think theaters are done completely. Oh, I, I think theaters are done as we know it, at least big chain theaters, just because, I mean, the totem pole movies that make the money, you know, when you look at the top 10 of every year, 70 percent of them are usually Disney owned properties. So if Disney um, sees how well their shows do on Disney Plus and, and the subscriber count keeps going higher and higher, they may even commit to releasing their movies onto Disney Plus. And uh, I think if that happens, which I probably will side it on this, uh, I'll probably go on the side with most likely. Uh, I think we're, I think theaters are, big theater chains are done. I think they really are because the the Warner Brothers announcement with everything in 2021 uh, being on HBO Max the first month and mm-hmm. then after that first month being only in theaters, that really uh, ruffled some feathers with a lot of uh, theater chains and especially like actors and directors and stuff like that. Um, but then uh, when you compare the 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 juggernaut of of movies that Disney puts out and, you know, it's, it's strictly the juggernaut of Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow for uh, big theater chains. If Disney is kind of goes the same route and basically says that, yeah, we're going to have, uh, you know, any, any movie that we have slated in the Marvel in the MCU or any movie that we had slated for star Wars, uh, if, if we're going to release on Disney plus only. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think theaters are done. I really do. Oh, it's, it's definitely. Yeah. Like I, I would agree that that happens. Yeah. Because they're like, I guess like the only real holdout, so to speak, as far as like, you know, keeping their movies still in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I was have expecting with their 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 um, their investor call, right, where they announced all these shows and things where they were going to announce. And by the way, we're going to release Black Widow on Disney Plus, you know, like, you know, day and date with theaters, you know. But yeah, so far, they're still holding strong to keeping it to keeping it theater only. But I feel they're still doing that kind of wait and see approach because yeah, Warner Bros. did it first, right? They they're like, all right, you're, you're gonna get Wonder Woman same day at home and in theaters, and I think it stumbled a little bit with that one because of the reception that we got from Wonder Woman. Because honestly, that movie wasn't good. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I thought about it afterwards after watching it, and when it first ended, I was like, eh, I guess it was fine. And you yeah. think about it more, and you're like, Wow, exactly, that's yeah. actually really bad. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, like as time went on, and I thought back more on it, I was like, Man, that movie was not good. You know, like I was very disappointed because that movie, that movie on paper should have been the the best DC movie like that they had done so far. Yeah, the, tra- the trailer sold you a movie that you did not get. Nope. Yeah. And, you know, and that movie is what, sh- what you're saying. It should have ushered in the whole, all right, these are the kind of experiences that, that these studios now are willing to commit to just releasing them at home. You know, are they going to be as good as something that they would release in theaters? And Warner Woman, you would think, oh, yeah, I mean, this is a big, a huge movie for Warner Brothers. Uh-huh. Um, let's see how it does in the, you know, direct to, you know, consumer market. And, I mean, I'm sure it got a lot of streams. Now, the promise is that the movie wasn't very good. But yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, Alexis, that it yeah, didn't get off on the right foot. Like, okay, like how how is it an 80s movie 
and there were no fucking 80s songs in that movie. <laughs> like, I can't remember any 80s I mean, songs playing in that like, movie. There's one symphonic <laughs> in the beginning, and that was it. And no, I think that, that, was that movie it. too is like I watched. It, I was waiting for it to get to that. All right, you got me, and it didn't happen. And then the whole time mm-hmm. watching my mom, she's like, "Yeah, she was, it's okay." And one of them is her favorite character. So for me, it's like, all right, she didn't like this movie. She just said it just because she had more a better time watching Aquaman than she did Wonder Woman. Yeah. Before. So I'm like, all right. And I just like nothing about it felt like they actually put any type of like thought into it. It's like, all right. Yeah, see, it, you know. <laughs> it, it, it didn't need to. T- why, like, why did it have to take place in the 80s? What about the 80s was so essential to the movie that it needed to take place in the 80s? Because like you have the first Wonder Woman and it takes place obviously during World War One. And you have those that amazing the No Man's Land sequence, which is like the best sequence in the entire movie. And that is like amazing right mm-hmm. and then you go into this one all right so we're essentially 65 70 years later and somehow she still cares about you know what's his face uh, uh steve trevor steve trevor still yeah 70 now, years later grant, uh, yeah. granted like if i was in love with chris Pine and he died i don't know if i would get over it either <laughs> 70 70 years <laughs> yeah, can't find you're, another the, you're an immortal who get any guy any yeah, guy good looking guy bro you know but is any guy chris Pine? that's all i'm gonna say i okay i agree but uh <laughs> Yeah, it, but the the idea of it, you know, being taking place in the '80s and like you would think that they were really going to bank on that, and they really like literally the only sequence that kind of like, uh, I guess embraces the whole '80s culture was the whole sequence at the beginning, the mall sequence, you know, yeah. right where she she mm-hmm. takes down those guys at the mall, and yeah. even that was like even it was that, almost overly cheesy, you know what bro, I mean? Almost, like, yeah. How bad were those bank robbers? Like they were yeah. so bad, yeah. and like it felt like a. It was terrible. I think mean, it felt like uh, watching the first Spider-Man movie where it's cheesy, but mm. you you're like, all right, this is it's supposed to be cheesy. It's a comic book movie, mm, yeah. and that is that level cheesy. Whereas like we've grown so much since then. And I think Thor Ragnarok is the perfect balance of make comedic but make it interesting comic book movie. Embrace the comic booknesses, but at the same time treat it as like a real film, not a film, but like enjoy it. So with 84 is the total opposite of that. It's like this how you make something really cheesy and not fun. And I think the closest I mean when you have Marvel where the only really two movies they've done that's really like a throwback would be Captain Marvel and and the first Captain America movie. Even yeah. with Captain Marvel they embraced the nineties much better than they did with 84 where it's like yeah, you guys didn't really put any thought. You just put you slap eighty four in the title, just so yeah, <laughs> just a big bright colors, and then you called it a day. You know, but, they, they but, watched uh, Ragnarok. Like, all right, I gotta put this in there now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let, let's, let's replicate that. Like, okay, so my biggest gripe in that movie, the the scene that I thought was like the most egregious, was the scene where she is quote unquote flying. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like after 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 Steve's gone, you know, and then she you know flies up, you know, she lassos a plane. I'm like, okay, so I guess the lasso can go infinite, you know, like feet up in the air. Like, I guess that's a new part, whatever. Sure. So she, so she's basically Buzz Lightyearing, like through the <laughs> sky, right? She just, she's just falling with style. Yeah. What I hate is that that whole scene is like 45 minutes, and she just goes back to her fucking apartment. That's it. That's where she went. I was like, wait, I thought you were going to where the hell Max Lord was. You just went home. Yeah. You were, you were flying all that time, and you just went down the block. Like, I mean, it doesn't like, make, it didn't any, make sense. any sense. Like, cause I'm like, she lives in DC. It's like, I'm pretty sure she could just jump there and get there like in less than five seconds. So why? Yeah. <laughs> and now, yeah. and, and, and you brought up that scene, Alexis, and I'm like, you know, you know me, I'm big on like orchestral scores and the music of the movie. And okay. Mm-hmm. So we see that Hans Zimmer came back to actually mm-hmm. do music for a superhero movie, which he said he was done after 
I think it was like maybe was Batman like, versus Batman? Superman. Yeah. 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 Right. So he said he was done with it, whatever. And he came back willing to do the music for this movie. And there's some good music in the movie. But then that sequence, obviously, right, which they're trying to tout as like the big, like revolutionary thing of like she's figuring out how to fly. They use this clearly like a temp song, a song that's been used in other movies. If you listen to it, it's actually been yeah. in other movies mm-hmm. and kept it instead of, you know, they 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 couldn't even use whether he wrote something for that scene or not. They didn't use a score for Hans Zimmer in a scene like that. And that just, that goes to show you where like this movie was kind of like just mashed together and just kind of like thrown out there. And, you know, Warner brothers was hoping that they could bank on the first movie and then be like, all right, this is a continuation of, of this first wonder woman movie, which people love. So, you know, they'll, they'll watch it no matter what. And unfortunately, yeah, the movies it's, it's a, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Yeah, like there, there's not so much, and also like we could go on, you know, for like 15 minutes talking about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, all right, Stephen, let, let's move on to your next prediction. Well, I have one more thing to talk about his prediction, Carlos's prediction. I also kind of believe with you, go with you. I don't think they'll go away. I just think it's going to be like you said, like you get your eye picture. It'll be more of a a niche audience that goes to the theaters. I just think. Right, even right now, with everything's coming, like I rather just watch you know a movie on my you know on Disney Plus or Amazon, or whatever. It's just it's not fun anymore. And I yeah. watch Tenet, <laughs> like I'm like this is better experience. But I do think that they will hold out for these. If depending on how this year goes, we'll see if theaters can survive or not. I just don't think they'll be at this full strength. They will be. I think the studios need them to be because like you can't break a billion dollars on streaming. But at the same time, too. Yeah, find different avenues. So I don't think we'll get our Avengers Endgame type of numbers for the next couple of years. So until mm-hmm. I think, I think, well, I think what in essence, I think what I, I maybe I should clarify it was yeah. more that the big chains might kind of uh, go away. You will, I think there'll still be theaters out there, but it'll be yeah. a lot of really small indie theaters that don't necessarily rely on you know multi million dollar movies to survive, but kind of rely more on the niche crowd that comes to go to their theater and like there's some theaters that have embraced like you know a full like having a full bar in there like a whole like uh yeah you know there's different instead of like your typical amc where it's just like concessions and your theater and that's it you know and then um so i think you know they 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 have a little bit of a leg up this year because i know with uh that stimulus that they passed in december there was a good portion of that money that's going to the big theater chains to kind of keep afloat. Cause AMC, AMC stated that they did not, you know, come January, that was when their money was going to run out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, AMC here on Kendall drive is shuttered. Like, it's closed. Yeah. So there uh, you go. So yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I think, I think, you know, if, if Disney commits to, uh, their streaming service, which, um, it seems like they will. Cause I feel like, I feel like all their shows, they know what they're doing. I feel like they're going to knock them out. You know, I, I'm so after watching the first two episodes of of WandaVision and kind of seeing where it's heading, um, I'm so excited for, you know, uh, uh, um, what's it called? Winter Soldier and and, and Falcon and oh, and, yeah. and, and, and the Loki, the Loki show Loki looks, trailer. Um, it looks so, so good. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Super so. excited for Loki. Like, yeah, because that was a show where I wasn't sure where they were going with it. Yeah. And then watching that trailer, I was like, oh, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, you got me. You got me more. Yeah. <laughs> Loki as DB Cooper jumping out of the plane. I'm yeah. in, dude. So, Hell yeah. So, so yeah. So they seem to know what they're doing, and I think Disney will, they'll realize that maybe it's just better for them to stick to their streaming service because they have full control over that. So we'll see. Yeah. 
Well, I guess for my theory, um, my next prediction, um, going the Marvel train, um, I do think we'll get a casting announcement for Fantastic Four. Uh, since they already cast the director already. Because um, I think most likely this might be a 2023 movie. 2024. It might be one of those secret slotted. I know they had some like slots that were kind of open mm-hmm. for 2023-2024. So I have a feeling that they might have some casting announcements by the end of this year. Especially with Spider-Man wrapping up his third movie. They're gonna want. They're gonna want something. The next franchise is set up for them. I know Spider-Man is like gonna go anywhere for the most part, but I think they can't rest on Spider-Man holding the popularity train of the you know of Marvel for too long. Because I mean, they still have to rebuild their brand after Endgame. Not rebuild, but rebuild like. All right, it's new characters you have to get interested to. So I think Fantastic Four is more of a safer bet for them. Like, all right, we have like because X-Men is gonna take a couple years. We know that already. So. This might be a way to introduce another set of heroes to have as like when you have your end game in 2020, 2030, you have like another established set of heroes there, you know, what, you know depending on what they do. So, yeah, um, I didn't think of anyone who could cast me yet, but I, I do think we're going to get casting announcement this year. Isn't, okay. it, isn't it funny that yeah. that Marvel basically is the uh, they're the third times a charm when it comes to so many franchises that they've gotten back or they've, you know, they've had to take over because like fantastic four, obviously we've had two tries, right. And they both were pretty bad. Right. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Although like the the first, the first two, they weren't thing is they knew what they were. They were very campy, but I'm talking about like, as uh, when I mean like tries, I mean like with a, a set of characters, whether they've, you know, like I get that the first oh, yeah. no, set of it, characters it, it had two it movies. Didn't work. It right. didn't work. The, the only but, person in that, in the entire, you know, um, series of films that actually mattered was Chris Evans, which is why he became Captain America. They were like, all right, he's the only good one. Let's yeah. bring that guy in. The yeah. rest, y'all can fuck off. Right. But I, I bring that up because so you had Fantastic Four where there was two tries, right? Or at least two casts that tried to you know, make make it work and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. You had Spider-Man, which obviously you had Tobey Maguire, which did pretty well until the third movie. And then you had Andrew Garfield that did OK for the first one and not so much for the second one, not because of him in general, but just the movies themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have X-Men, which Fox has, you know, first class was almost kind of like a reboot. Not kind of, but then they kind of tied it back into the uh, original movies. But then now Disney's has the is the third go around for basically X Men, Spider Spider Man, which they did with you know Tom Holland, and it turned out great for them. And then you have Fantastic Four, right? So um, it makes sense because I think Fantastic Four is it's such a popular uh, franchise that personally I. I don't know why I just I always find them they're the one of the most cheesy franchises at least yeah. characters to me in, in all of comics mm-hmm. that they keep trying and trying and trying to make you know to make I guess make it more cool and modern and mainstream maybe they um, bank on the campiness of it of what the Fantastic Four are and and hopefully that works out for them but I do think yeah we'll we'll probably we'll probably get a casting choice probably Comic Con probably I would think around July comic con time is probably the time that they would um want to create a buzz for that movie even though mm-hmm. you you might be right also Stephen or it'll be a 2022 at the earliest we'll get that movie if that you know yeah. probably a 2023 it, it's, it's probably like I really do think that that we'll get the fan casting that everyone keeps talking about like I think it will be John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as a uh, Sue and uh Reed Richards mm-hmm. uh, who do you guys think you know let's just throw out there like who do you guys think is gonna be like human torch and because well, Carl, I know we talked about it once already. I, for the thing, 
I feel that they shouldn't really cast like a known actor, you know, just um, like I say, just, you know, cast somebody to play, you know, the human version of him, a nobody can be whoever I really don't care. But when you get to him being the thing, just bringing like a notable voice actor, right? Someone mm-hmm. who can emote the character properly. Yeah. You know, um, but for the human torch, like who do you guys think uh, they should cast for that role? Um, I kind of like the guy from Stranger Things. Uh, not Dylan. He was a bully in season two. Uh, Dylan. Oh, uh, uh, oh, guy. I forgot his name on the show, but but Doc Ray Montgomery is that? Yeah, that about? yeah, yeah. I just think he's a good actor. Um, I've seen him. I mean, he was in the Power Rangers movie, but I think he can play the hothead. I think he can play the guy. He he does have the sex appeal aspect that you know for <laughs> if you're young. Twenty something, you're gonna be interested in this guy. I think and he, oh, Billy, I think he Billy, play, uh, name. a Billy, yeah, Billy. Billy. I think he his, his character, he could play that character well, and he's small enough where he's not. You, oh, yeah, I recognize that guy, but I don't know him from where. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's that type of you're, character. Yeah, you're basically looking for somebody that has like the the charisma and the appeal of somebody like I would say like a Zac Efron, but that works with like a Human Torch type of character where you know. Mm-hmm. Um, very charismatic, but also cocky and, 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 yeah. you know, quick, you know, very, uh, has a lot of quick wit. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I haven't really sat back to think about it to be quite honest. Cause it's tough because like when you start naming actors and you're like, Oh, that's right. This person's already in this franchise. Why would they bring yeah. them here? You know, they've, a lot of these big Marvel, you know, superhero movies have snatched up a lot of the really good talent. That's at least well-known talent. You know, it seems mm-hmm. like they might have to cast somebody that's not very well-known. Mm. So, um, I don't know. Who do you think, Alexis? I don't. I, I can't think of anyone. Uh, yeah, I'm, honestly, like I'm, I'm not too sure either myself. Like, I'm, and I've like I've read a couple articles and like different things. Like, uh, somebody brought up um, the actor that voices Miles Morales in in the video game. I, I showed, or no, the one that voiced him in, in uh, Spider Verse. That he'd be a good version of him. Uh, but man, to be honest, like I don't know. I, I haven't thought about it too hard. Like the, the fan cast has always been Zac Efron, and I've always been like. Yeah, maybe like, 10 minutes I, ago yeah <laughs> yeah 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 exactly I, I was like i don't think you know um that he would work even though like i do think that he's a better actor than people give him credit for uh because yeah. he um he was pretty good in that ted bundy movie like i thought he actually did really well but i don't know man like i think it would have to be like a like a, a relative unknown you know, yeah like, yeah like I, I think if you bring in like an established actor like it's gonna be just a lot of pressure to pull off that character and they might try too hard Exactly. Yeah, I, I I agree. That's why uh, I kind of I kind of with this whole with Fantastic Four in general, I just kind of want them to pick actors who I kind of never heard of, and then just like they're really good actors that they haven't had their break yet. They've been maybe on TV or smaller projects, and let them be the characters instead of a famous like maybe for the thing you may have the guy who plays the thing maybe a, maybe a popular actor like you may get to do like what he did with Ben Diesel and Guardians of the Galaxy and. Bradley Cooper, where you might get like a popular actor, but they're mostly in CGI most of the time, so they're not really on set being, you know, asked to do much compared to the other three. But I think with this cast, uh, you need a cast who can just play the characters, not an actor who's just famous enough to sell tickets, because this is the person you'll be using for the next 10 years in your franchise. Mm-hmm. So having actors who are maybe not tied down or not in multiple different projects or pretty much, pretty much unknown, but unknown enough where like oh he's been on a netflix show let's cast him on something so 
Well, actually, like a one article that I read. Now that I think about it, uh, it was actually another Stranger Thing, Stranger Things alum, and uh, the guy that plays Steve, so Joe Keery. Yeah, that, that yeah, like a cat. And I was like, all right, he, he could do it because, like, obviously he's popular from the show, but outside of the show, like, he hasn't done anything else. So, yeah, you know, like, so you know, I, I think he could pull it off. Like, he, he's he's obviously been the hothead. You know, he's played that just fine, and he's got the charm that he needs yeah. for that character. So, you know, but I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, like, uh, I agree. Like, I think we'll see something you know because we already got a director so why wouldn't we get a casting announcement at this point you know yeah yeah you know and like yeah they'll they'll make it official so to piggyback well not, not piggyback but to add to your prediction they'll not they'll announce it at comic-con but it'll be leaked in april yes like we'll find out before and, and marvel's gonna be like i have no you're talking about <laughs> and you're like even though we've known for a year that Haley steinfeld was, was uh, <laughs> cast as kate bishop and they're like you know what you're talking about I'm like all right bro <laughs> It's funny. All right. Uh, my so my next prediction. Um, so this is for a film that's coming out. Actually, this is part of the the Warner Brothers deal. So I predict that Godzilla versus Kong will score higher than seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I have zero basis in believing this. I have no evidence to prove that this is what will happen. Right. The movie. So. You know, uh, the last one that came out, Godzilla King of the Monsters, was awesome. You know, yeah. but it's awesome because I just love Godzilla. You know, but to the average person that watched that movie, it's just a, another serviceable action monster movie. You know, yeah. but for me, you know, just like being a big fan of Godzilla and seeing him on the screen fighting King Ghidorah, you see Mothra, you see Rodan, all these characters that I grew up with as a kid. You know, like the nostalgia was just like put over the top for me. And you know, knowing now that we have Godzilla versus Kong. Right, which you know, they um, Kong Skull Island was actually a really good movie, yeah. right? Like, I feel like out of the whole monster verse, that's the best one they've done as far as like a more complete story. You know, it was a movie where like the human characters actually mattered and were actually good yeah. because that's always, that's always a problem with these kinds of movies, like with like big monsters or like bigger, you know, larger than life characters where the human characters tend to detract from the movie, like Transformers. The human yeah. characters have always been tra- shit, ever, yeah. always, they've never been compelling ever. I and, think the first you know, one is and first one in Bumblebee have its moments. I think they have like a little more Bumblebee like, Bumblebee is the best when it comes to the yeah. characters, the human characters in comparison to, you know, people don't watch obviously people don't watch those movies to watch the human people. They want to watch the movies to see the Transformers and the same thing goes with what yeah. Alexis is talking about. No, yeah. Bumblebee definitely yeah, I would agree Bumblebee definitely had the best humans of the entire, you know, of the entire like Transformers franchise. Yeah. And that movie that movie was actually really good. I love that movie. Um but yeah, like um, with the last Godzilla movie, they threw in more human characters and they were better than in the first one because the first one we got bamboozled when they told us that we were, we were going to get Brian Cranston. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you'll get him for 10 I remember minutes. that trailer. <laughs> it was like, oh, <laughs> Brian Cranston's in this and Godzilla's fucking up shit. And then, oh, well, yeah. That- like, nope. You're, you're stuck with Quicksilver. It's like, no, I don't want to be stuck with that guy. You know, and obviously, you know, no one clicked with him because he didn't come back for the second movie. And then, you know, in the second one, then, you know, the characters, you know, they were a little bit better, but still, they were just secondary to Godzilla. And I'm sure in this one now, with Godzilla versus Kong, even though they've added even more human characters, right? Like they added Rebecca Hall. Uh, they brought back Millie Bobby Brown. I think they added Alexander Skarsgård. I'm not, not too sure. I could be wrong. But then, you know, they added more human characters, but I'm sure they're going to be even less useful in this movie because now you have two huge, you know, main characters, you know, with Godzilla and Kong. And, 
for me, like I'm about it because like I love both those characters and I, I can't to see them like just that that little trailer that they released with HBO Max where they showed like all the stuff coming to their service yeah. where you see just like a three second just like little clip and you see Kong punching Godzilla in the fucking face <laughs> on top of an aircraft carrier. I was like, I'm in. I'm fucking in. This is the movie of the year. I don't care how bad it's going to be. So I, I am very steadfast in my prediction that the movie will score higher than 75% of Rotten Tomatoes based merely on my own belief that it's a good movie. <laughs> I can't argue with that. that that's good <laughs> logic. <laughs> but yeah, right? It's hard I'm to talk about. I, I, I liked, uh, I really enjoyed King of Monsters because it felt like an old school 70s Godzilla movie. I'm like, this is what I wanted. This is like the first one they did in 2014 was like, all right, guys, you, you didn't get it, <laughs> but you, you're, you're on the right track, but you got deterred. So I think King of Monsters was like, all right, we'll just give you everything you want. And is it a great movie? No, but it is that a good Godzilla movie. So, and I, I like a good, you know, good monster fest. So, yeah, maybe if this was as well. We get our Pacific Rim three, but like an actually good one this time, not that track. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't give me that fucking uprising bullshit. I, w- God, I won't. I, I still won't watch it if Guillermo del Toro is not involved. So yeah, uh, don't do it, bro. Save yourself the time. Yeah. it's it's no good. My uh, God, that movie bad. Like I saw it in theaters because you know I love Pacific Rim. Like I, th- I think it's one of the the best monster movies ever made. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it still holds but, up. Man, two was just like oh, just hot garbage. Yep. Yeah, watching one will make you angry again. How two was because I watched one a couple of days ago because you were talking about. It. I'm like, I'm gonna watch it again. I haven't watched it in a while, and I'm like, yeah, it's cheesy, but again, it has that like it knows what it is. Yep. So you like mm-hmm. go along with it, and that last, the last probably thirty minutes of that movie is just straight up like, all right, we're having fun. We're gonna do everything you wanted to see. It's so like, it's just a good. You're not gonna get a Gundam movie anytime soon. So that, for me, that's like the best thing we're gonna get until. We got our Gundam wing movie. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the good thing is they actually pushed it up now. So it's coming out in March instead of May. So, yeah. you know, we'll find out my predictions right very soon. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, what is it? Is it me now again? Yep. Yeah. Yes, uh, well, I'll bring this one in just because I have a feeling that um, it's it's probably going to be true. I don't, uh, my prediction is I, I still think we don't see Halo until next year. 2022. Yeah. Oh shit. I still, <laughs> this is interesting. I gotta hear this one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I think with uh as as quick as Microsoft was to stating that okay, we need to push back Halo after they had released that gameplay footage and people were like, This looks pretty terrible for being something that's supposed to come out in like three months. Um, I think uh Microsoft may might realize that. You know that this game needs a lot more work than uh, than anticipated, and with as big of a game as that they want to make it, especially with this whole uh, rumor of it being a games with service type of Halo. Um, and I don't think Microsoft wants to release it uh, early on without it being you know in the right state. If you know what I mean, they don't want like a Cyberpunk or an Avengers on their hands when this game comes out because this is their baby. I mean, Halo is. It it is Microsoft, right? So more so than Gears, more so than even this the acquisition of Bethesda. Um, it's this is like what Microsoft has been known for from the get go, and um, this Halo on on the new generation of console was what was supposed to sell the Xbox, you know, Series X, and unfortunately they had to push it back because, I mean, I was one of them that watching it 
uh, on the surface when you when you watch it, like just kind of like not actively watching it, but just letting it play. Oh, it looked pretty cool. But then you kind of start looking closer and you're like, man, this game does need a lot of work still. And um, I can see why I got delayed. And I still I don't think we'll see it this year. I really don't. I really don't. I think it's okay. gonna, it's going to have that 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 whole I guess cyberpunk type path where they just keep pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. Um, yeah, but that that's that's my prediction at least for a, a big bold video game prediction for Microsoft this year. Yeah, like when you when you first you know said this, I was like, oh oh shit, okay. But then you know when you mentioned the cyberpunk uh, you know scandal, essentially, I was like, you know that makes sense because yeah, because why why wouldn't Microsoft see what's going on with cyberpunk and be like oh shit we cannot have that happen to halo because yeah because like you said like that's their baby that is the thing that made the first xbox sell mm-hmm. right it, you know, it helped establish xbox live with halo 2 so you know they need halo infinite to succeed because fact is you know they even said it in the title that game is going to be a continuing game yep right like after infinite comes out who knows how long it will be till we get another halo and like we may not see one to maybe the end of the cycle of the series x yep so yeah, success for that game is paramount. And yeah, like you said, like you don't want an Avengers situation where the game comes out, people don't like it, and you make no money off of it, or where you get a Cyberpunk situation where the game is unplayable, or you know there's some something fucking happens and everyone's just pissed at you. Next thing you know, you got lawsuits coming left and right, and it's just like a whole fiasco where you lose the trust of the gamers. Yep. You know, like, like CD Projekt Red is screwed. I, I feel like even after they fixed Cyberpunk, I feel all the goodwill they built up from The Witcher Three is gone. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I think no, they still have it. Yeah, I think you because you look at it. Well, you got at least it's, it's been damaged. Yeah. Oh, for sure, hundred yeah. percent. Um, but I think they. Uh, my personal feeling is that Cyberpunk is going to go down the path that like uh, No Man's Sky went down, where it first came out, it was pretty bad. Um, that whole company's reputation was. I mean, it didn't have the biggest reputation like, you know, CD Projekt Red does, but it was still tarnished big time. And then now, if you play that game now, uh, No Man's Sky is pretty amazing after like the update they yeah, released. But, but granted, like how long did it take to, you know, to get there? Right. Four years. You know? like, yeah, a yeah. good while. It, so it a long time. Yeah. yeah, like people, people won't wait that long yeah. for a game as, as popular as this. Right. I Just still think that with how much they showed of it. Tr- true. I still think, I mean, then you, you know, you can't compare the size of CD Projekt Red to, I forgot what the name of the studio that was that did No Man's Sky, but um hello yeah, games there you go hello games yeah they're yeah. they're much smaller compared to cd project red so you know they're i think cd project red definitely has the manpower to like you know fix cyberpunk much quicker than hello games did with no man's sky but the example i'm trying to put out is that i still think that there's a chance for cyberpunk to be the game that it needs to be on console at least at least on the newer consoles my my opinion is that um you know, maybe they should have just completely, uh, you know, delayed it even more and kind of kind of thrown in the reins uh, or the white towel with the whole, you know, the Xbox, you know, uh, yeah, one and it, PS4 it, it version. Should have been, it should have been a March release. It should have been a March release only on, on, the, new, on, on the, the next. Gen. Yeah. I mean, as bad as you know, I feel bad for people that still don't have an next gen console. But like, I mean, you ask them now, like I'll even ask Steven, like when you play that game on your PS4, it was like. Why did I even waste money on this, right? Yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate because uh, I got it as a gift. So I'm like, all right. I saw I didn't take it back. I'm like, you know what? I'll invest into it. But yeah, um, it's like one of the situations I'm playing. I'm like, this game is not ready for this. It's not ready. It's, right. I played I played my Fallout 3s. I played. I remember playing Fallout Vegas at launch yep. on 360. 
it has bugs, but it was a playable game. Like I didn't remember having like I can't play this game anymore. Um, so when you're playing Cyberpunk, I'm like I can't play this game. It's this literally I'm like I had PTSD from this game crashing because like I'm being middle of mission. I'm like, did I save? Yeah. I don't think I saved. Mm-hmm. And oh, I didn't save for a good thirty minutes. Like I replayed this whole mission over again. Yeah. Plus to do like some like leveling up shit. So, but going back to your point about Halo, um, I think. I think you're you can be right. I just think that Microsoft needs this for Game Pass. Um, they've been pushing. I mean, you've, you've seen already that game. Microsoft's kind of transcending the game, like the physical console market. They're trying to like, all right, we're doing cloud-based gaming. We're doing Game Pass on PC. They're trying to make sure Game Pass is another a better version of Stadia. Let's be honest. Like they they're trying to like take over what Stadia is trying to do. So for I think for them, they need Halo as their killer app and. That, yeah, that reception they had this past summer when we watched that that the uh, the gameplay reveal, I'm like, this game is not. I was expecting like a God of War moment. I remember seeing the God of War trailer, and again, I didn't own a PlayStation Three or Two growing up. I was more of a GameCube Xbox kid because my mom was like, "You're not playing Grand Theft Auto." I'm like, "Well, I can still play on Xbox," <laughs> but um, so I didn't really have a connection to God of War. But when I saw that trailer, I'm like shit, this looks like a really cool game. And seeing what it did, it was pretty much game of the year between that and who, depending who acts, it was between that or Red Dead Redemption 2 in 2018. So my worry about Halo is that they don't didn't get that message of how to transcend just being a first-person shooter. Because to be honest, for me, Halo is the same level of Doom where I'm like, it's not doesn't hold the same way anymore. So I feel like if it needs to come out in 2022 and be a perfect shooter game like shooter for microsoft they need to but at the same time too i can see it coming on 2021 just because of the sarah fact that game pass needs it they need and a microsoft is still two three years away from having their god of wars or spider-man's or horizons they're still they're, they still have a couple maybe two three years away from that so they need their killer apps because I don't know how much you can replay Yakuza Zero <laughs> and old games from four years ago. I, I, it's a great value. Don't get me wrong. But I just guys, bro, available on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can carry on a console generation on Game Pass. You need just of all games from last gen. You need the new titles. So the fact that they don't have the killer app. It's almost what been three, four months already from launch, and they still don't have the medium that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go ahead and play Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and or play Demon Souls, which is like people who don't like Souls games are playing Demon Souls because, like, hey, this is a cool experience, new experience. Where game Xbox, like, oh, you play Valhalla and a game that came out three years ago on Game Pass. Have fun. Where's our money? <laughs> Where's our daily fifteen dollars? <laughs> you know. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, what was I going to? Yeah, so it they needed to come out this year, but I wouldn't if I woke up tomorrow morning and saw an IGN article saying it's been pushed back to 2022. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. All right, Steven. Yeah. Prediction well, number three. <laughs> Hit us with it. Well, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Uh, so I have two. I guess it's a two-parter. Um, this I guess it's called the Year of Redemption for 2021, both for Cyberpunk and for Avengers. Um, I do think, I think event. I mean, I think Cyberpunk is gonna pretty much give like a a serviceable patch for con- like PS4 and Xbox uh, X, whatever. I forgot <laughs> One X, um, but it won't be to where it's like 
it will stop crashing, but it won't be graphically any better. And I think that the next gen consoles, like the PS5 and the Xbox Series, will have like a better, will have more PC look and feel to it. Um, but I don't think we'll get like a, we'll get like a, it works. Sign the sort of you'll have your little issues, but you know it works. You won't crash on you on a, like during a mission, you know, type of thing. But I don't think they'll get to the point where you know I'm having the same quality experience you guys are having on PS5 or on Xbox Series or on PC. So, and I also do think Comeback Redemption that Avengers is going to have the money they put into it. They're going to have at least a, one more marketing blitz. They'll try to get you know David. I know there's a leak already um, when someone data mine that they have plans for adding Black Panther, um, Scarlet Witch, Vision, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, et cetera. So I do think that, you know, maybe halfway into 2021, you'll start seeing like a more of like, all right, Avengers 2.0, 1.5. Here you go. Here's a new, a new drop. Here's They'll do destiny. Like I think the Marvel name still has weight to it. So as a, I think 11 best selling game of 2020. So it, it's sold. It didn't sell as well as they wanted to, but it sold. So I think with a good um, expansion pack and you know marketing, they'll they'll be at least uh, a division level of like interest in that game, um, which is that what they wanted. But I think the Marvel name will just help it out somewhat, somewhat. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, like okay, yeah. so I, I agree with the Cyberpunk thing. Yeah, they're gonna release a patch to make it serviceable on the current gen consoles because you know fact is like that's where the bulk of the sales are. Right, you know, you know, like, cause, yeah, because yeah, people still having a hard time getting PS5s and Xbox Series Xs. So the bulk of the gameplay is still happening on PS4s and um, and Xbox One. So yeah, they'll come up with a patch, like you said, it'll make it serviceable. It will, it won't crash anymore, or at least it won't crash as often. But it'll have its bugs. It's gonna have its kinks. But at least it'll be a game you can play from beginning to end, and hopefully not get a crash. So like, I'm I'm sure <laughs> that'll definitely happen. Uh, Avengers, I'm not sure about that one, Mo- mostly because of the style of game that it is, right? The games, you know, the games as a service, yeah. I feel like people are very turned off by it, uh, particularly if it's not free to play, right? So, you know, like the reason Fortnite, Apex Legends, right? Those games are, are popular or Warzone because you can just, you don't have to buy anything. You don't have to do shit if you don't want to. You can just download the game and you can play and that's it. But a game like Avengers, where well, it's on sale now, but you know, to have to pay $64 for that game and knowing that you're getting kind of an incomplete you know, experience because they haven't given you all the characters, right? I think they just got Hawkeye, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Kate Bishop was just released like the same day, like same week as Cyberpunk. So I was playing that more because I'm like, all right, well, this game's not crashing, so I guess we'll just kill a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, like, like you say, yeah, like you know, um, they they leak some characters. Spider-Man they announced already, but he's only uh, on PlayStation, but they haven't shown anything about him. You know, and it's yeah. kind of like if you want your game to sell, maybe bring out you know one of your most popular heroes, especially like on the heels of Miles Morales coming out. It's like people yeah. want more Spider-Man, so why aren't you? You know, why wasn't he pushed further up in the timeline? You know, yeah, like let's let's give them Spider Man so this game will sell. So it's a little odd, like what they're doing, like in that instance. So like I I don't see that game making its money back still. Like I think with everything they add to it, I don't see it making its money back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, things, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're good. Um, yeah, I, w- I would agree as well. I mean, uh, Cyberpunk is a little bit more of yeah. a your point, at least about Cyberpunk is a little bit more of a, a realistic scenario, just because they've they themselves have kind of given a timeline with their apology video that they released. 
they also gave like a bit of like a, a very vague timeline as to what's being released when, but they do have uh, kind of like a, a, a significant patch coming out soon. And then an even more significant patch coming out like before I think June type of uh, a release. And then the PS5 Xbox uh, Series X upgrades will be in the later half of 2021. So, um, you know, I, I, I think I feel like uh, CD Projekt Red will definitely commit to it. I, I don't think um, they're they're going to go down that route that like by what happened to Bioware, essentially, where now they're, you know, they're so uh, they've lost a lot of uh, admiration. So um, and then when it comes to uh, Avengers, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in a, the same boat with Alexis where I feel like if they made that game free to play, uh, they would uh, get a lot more players to actually try it and maybe yeah. kind of like commit to it just because that's, I mean, look what happened with destiny. Destiny's now free to play. And, 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 you know, that the, the player base is still pretty large because of that. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm hoping that Avengers works out for square Enix, but, um, it's also true where the, the those kind of games are hard to make it that kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, what's it called yeah. games with service and make it interesting and all the powers feel different for everyone, but not feel like you're just playing in a games of service version of Marvel ultimate Alliance, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, 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 I think, I think the CD project red will, will definitely, uh, patch certain things up with, with cyberpunk and make it playable, especially on PS4 and Xbox. And then, uh, hopefully, uh, Avengers with the release of, I guess more prominent characters will also uh, gain a little bit of a resurgence. So yeah, and one last thing about Cyberpunk is uh, and one thing that was really annoying about Cyberpunk that mm. I I kind of like got annoyed. It's just that so I think a lot of the game journalism didn't do its job to really vet out that game properly. I just think that it was more like oh we're like. There are no one's asking the right questions, if you get what I'm saying. I think a lot of people are like kind of like hypnotized by the idea of Cyberpunk being the next mm -hmm. uh, Skyrim or the next the next evolution of games to where no one's like, is this really possible? Is this really is this really possible on a PS4? Is this really possible on a base Xbox? Like, where is the footage? And then something that really got me. I really thought I watched I think I showed mm -hmm. I shared Alexis the video, uh, the, the Crowbat video. And I was watching that. I'm like, yeah, I remember there's no PS4 Xbox footage until maybe a week before launch. And it's yep. very carefully construed. Like, this is what you can do with the PS4. But, like, it's very, like, not open, like, orally. It's very, like, very staged, which most demos are. But this one felt like, all right, this is not going to break right now. So we're going to show it. But it was, I got kind of like, did no one in game journalism, I mean, you got your people say, this is not going to be good. But, no one big outlets. I'm not saying it was like paid on the table or anything like that, but I didn't feel like Game Realism did their job of actually asking the right questions, being real journalists and saying, is this really possible? And really betting out this game. So that's a little another point. I think a lot of, I've seen a lot now is like, hey, we're going to be better, but is this going to happen again in two, three years now when someone waves a, night, a shiny new game? Like, oh yeah. And then not really ask the questions that need to be asked or I get the right. I think COVID is a good barrier because of how COVID you know, made everything a little weird, but I do think that journalism was a little, like journalism, average people were like, kind of like hypnotized by this game and not, didn't really kind of like, hey, something's not right. Mm -hmm. Something's behind this curtain that we're not really seeing, which was the, you know, 
no one got any console codes uh, console codes for this game. <laughs> they only got PC versions. So, and you know, it wasn't a big deal. But now we look back, like, yeah, this is a <laughs> this is a red flag. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was pretty shady, like yeah. how the whole thing happened with the game's release. So, yeah, the, there were a lot of yeah. things that were missed. I think they, I think they definitely asked. I think what it happened was is that you, they're when they're asking those kind of questions as to um, what's the status of you know the PS4 version of the game or whatever. Um, a lot of CD Projekt Red people kind of have to look up yeah. to the to the suits and the suits where they're like, yeah, yeah, no, it'll be fine, it'll work. We are we we believe in our team, it'll work fine. You know, you have nothing to worry about. And that's kind of what happened where they the suits saw the money and the hype that's surrounding this game. And there was people underneath, especially on the developer side, that they were like, "Listen, yeah, I mean, we need more time, you know." And 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 the the, the guys up top were basically like, "Listen, you do what you need to do to get that game to just release on time, and we'll worry about everything afterwards." And then obviously it blew up in their face. So, yeah, I think it was Jason Schreier article in Bloomberg is like, "This game should have been released until like maybe midway this year mm-hmm. at most." That's if the earliest, that. if that. Yeah. And it's, and they were like, yeah, this should have been a last-gen console. Like, this shouldn't be a PS4 or Xbox game. There's no way yeah. it could properly run on this console. So, yeah, it's, it's a warning for a lot of people that we have to, like, start really looking into this. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it's like, this is entertainment value. It's not nothing really that serious. But we should, you know, don't pre-order. Actually get real gameplay videos, stuff like that. That's why I think demos are important. Like we should have more demos, you know. I think every game should have a demo, because I mean, again, you can't really cyberpunk's a you know case by case issues, but I think people need to know what they're getting before they actually get it. And you know, back in the day, you did have your demos, and now it's like, oh, just trust us, it's gonna be good. This comes out next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's super hard to get a demo. Like the fact that Final Fantasy VII remake had a demo, I was like, oh shit, really? And then you play, and you're like, oh my god, this game's actually really cool. I can't wait to actually fucking play it. So it, it does help, yeah. Yeah, here's my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they can be done. You know, the studio just has to, you know, to just decide to do it basically. But you know, that that's on them. Yeah. All right, okay. So uh, to kind of piggyback off of yours, so my prediction is also video game based, and it's also kind of like based on like on a release. So my third one is I predict that God of War Ragnarok will actually come out in 2021. Oh, <laughs> I, I believe that the game will actually make its release date of this winter, 2021. <laughs> that was actually my next prediction too. No, was it? Yeah. So I'm thinking about <laughs> I had like, it on what? my list, but I'm like, this, like, I was like, no, there's no way this game's coming out. I haven't heard too many things this game's not coming out, but go ahead. So, tell me why. Tell me why. Okay. Well, okay. Like, okay. So Sony Santa Monica, right? Established studio. They've been making just like quality games for years. And like, I feel that, you know, with the second God of War 1 was complete, God of War 2 was already greenlit, right? Or even probably even before it went gold, they were like, you're making God of War 2. I'm letting you guys know. Like, you're, you're good. You can fucking start working on it already. And so I feel that, you know, once one was out, it was a certified hit, right? Game of the year, all this stuff. They were already working on two. And, you know, games typically take how long, right? Like uh, maybe four to five years to make, right? But that's we're making a game from scratch. So a game like this, you already have the assets from the first God of War, right? Because I can't imagine that they're going to go too far off, right, from where you were in the first game. I, you know, I, you're not going to traverse the same areas, but with this game you're going to be still in the same region you're going to deal with the same gods right now you're going to deal with Thor, right odin you're going to deal with them now uh you're going to travel to different realms realms like we, we couldn't visit in the first god of war so i'm assuming you're still going to go into tears room right where you go in and teleport into different realms so i feel like they already have a lot of assets already created 
that all they have to do now is just obviously upgrade it now for you know the PS5. And you know, the team is already experienced or seasoned. You know, Corey Barlog, you know, he already he knows already what the story for two is. So like I feel like they hit the ground running with creating part two where it's gonna be ready to go at the end of this year. Yeah, no, I I I, I agree. I mean, like I said, you that was gonna be my prediction. Actually, technically my prediction was that we were gonna get Horizon and God of War in the same year. Oh, um, that'd be, that'd be fucking nuts. But <laughs> I mean Horizon, I believe, is also slated for this year. Yeah. yeah. So Shit, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, that, that'd be crazy. See, yeah. like that that right there, man. Like that's like, you know, oh sorry, Carl, I'm gonna interrupt you. But you know, this is just like <laughs> this is why Sony is just like just has the generation, you know, by the balls, dude. It's like they just pump out these amazing games. That, you know, and, like, if we really do get these two in this year. And Xbox, you know, like like you said before, if they don't push out Halo this year, they're all kinds of fucked. Well, think, yeah, well, think about it because well, so we talked about this before, but Sony's big, I guess their uh, quote unquote big dick energy is from <laughs> their uh, exclusive lineup, you know, and stuff that mm-hmm. like they they've they're so adamant about pushing out the whole like we have this PS5 studios and these are the studios that are within this and these are the games that they make and we're so proud of them and you know. They make they make great games. So, you know, when you really think about it, I mean, Alexis, you have the potentiality of 2021 having uh, the next Ratchet and Clank, Horizon mm-hmm. and God of War. Um, and and then you have some new exclusives that are brand new to the console, but, um, you know, obviously are a first of a franchise, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I I think it's it's safe to say that, I, you know, it's probably realistic to think that God of War will come out most likely if it does this year, it'll be obviously a holiday release, but you might be right in terms of how far along they probably have gotten on the game itself because, yeah, you you know, it probably uses the same exact engine, but obviously running on new hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll just it'll play very similar. Right. But look so much better. Run at 60 frames, um, you know, have obviously new powers and new abilities and, and things that kind of make the games look even better because. You look at games like Gears of War. Gears of War feels like it's been running on the same engine since the first game, but they still make it play better and better throughout each iteration. Mm-hmm. So, um, and even something like The Last of Us. Last of Us Part Two kind of feels like the same engine that you know Uncharted Four ran on, which most likely it's probably because it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think the same thing goes with God of War, where it's probably more realistic than people might think that it will be finished this year, and we will see it this year. So. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree. I think I think it does come out this year. I think Sony really wants to uh, hit 2021 out of the park with their, you know, with their console, especially because it's technically the first full year of their new system. And mm-hmm. I think by the time the holidays roll around this year, when you've had things like Ratchet and Clank hopefully released already and Horizon ho- hopefully released, um, you know, more people will have PS5s and then they'll be able to buy them in the holiday season. So um, and then you top it off with having God of War as the icing on the cake. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's it'd be amazing. I, I that that, you know, the exclusive lineup alone is is I'm I'm one of those people as well that, you know, bought a PS5 or just a PlayStation in general for that reason. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I do agree with you. I But one, my only caveat to it is just because. I wouldn't be surprised if they pushed it back just because of something of COVID. I think COVID is like that one X factor that I wouldn't be surprised if I hear tomorrow it got pushed back. I would understand why, but you know, you said before, I think Sony wants to have this 2021 be their year again. I think 2020 was their year. 
thing they knocked it off with Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Last of Us Part Two. Uh, you have Fall Guys, and then also having uh, I forgot the other game. Um, well, yeah, Kingdom Hearts at the beginning of the Kingdom year, Hearts, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, know. they had. Uh, I'm sorry, this is like Ghost of Tsushima and Final Fantasy VII. There you go. Like, that one. All the, all those games. I know. I think all their they had like me five or six game on the top ten list, like in sales wise. So they know what they're doing. They so again having Go God of War come out this year would be like the I think like twenty eighteen having like a great year for them. Having like Spider Man having God of War twenty eighteen was like what well, could be like how in twenty twenty one having Ratchet and Clang, Horizon and God of War come out. I think once we know a release date for Horizon, we'll kind of get an idea what God of War comes out. Um, it, kind of, it might be like a Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima type of thing. Yeah, they'll they'll be a couple months apart out where they'll let one grow. They may let God of War come out first, maybe in the sense of like since it's a stronger game. I think that's more anticipated than have finish a year off with Horizon or vice versa. Um, but yeah, they need a Christmas 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 a holiday system seller game. So having God of War be your holiday game against Halo Infinite. You're gonna sell more units. I mean, but things. I think depends how Halo comes out, but you can sell mm-hmm. units with God of War too. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, because like, like also, I feel that you know with the whole COVID thing, it's it. We've been in it for almost a year now. Like studios already know how to work with COVID, so I feel that like it really wouldn't derail the progress. You know, like maybe it. Yeah, I mean, it slowed them down in the beginning. It's because it slowed everything down. But I feel that maybe after about a few months into the COVID, you know, pandemic that. They got back to it. They got back to work, and now they're all just in the swing of things, you know. So they're all, you know, either working from home or, or maybe they're already back in the studio because I mean, they put in protocols. Maybe they put in, you know, like the the um, the glass and all that stuff, right? I mean, who knows what they have set up? But I'm sure they've already gone past all that and they're able to work in a safe environment to get this game out. Yeah, you know, and yeah, like um, I feel that if they had to choose between God of War or Horizon, they would push back Horizon. Because God of War, like that's a game. Like uh, I'm gonna throw in like a little sub prediction. Um, they're gonna release a bundle where it'll be. Um, they're gonna have two bundles. They're gonna have one with a console, right? That has custom plates, God of War plates, right? Because you know how you can pop the plates off. And they have another smaller bundle where it's a game with just the plates and not the console. Okay. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like a GameStop exclusive right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, if GameStop survives, right? Because I mean, it doesn't look. They they're looking pretty bad. So. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. they're 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 just hemorrhaging money. Yeah. I think. I think, by the, I think Microsoft kind of put a little money in their pockets. And no, they did like an investment. I think Microsoft's like an owner. Like they did some type of investment where to help sell the Xbox is I think cuz they're like okay we'll help you out if you guys put I mean I don't I don't know specifics on that I remember hearing on Games Daily once mm-hmm. that Microsoft has put like a good interest into GameStop so they can I know they can't outright buy them because of antitrust laws and stuff like that but yeah um they I think they did something like how they, like what Disney does with Hulu and you know but right. a lot of companies are on that so um but yeah like the holiday season is that's why I think God of War coming out the holiday this year would be like the perfect system seller because there's all right. And then again, if Halo is not going to come out this year or it's not the quality of Halo that it needs to be, this will be the thing that, and I say kills Xbox, really put Xbox where it, it's been, it's same as number two or even in some cases number three if you really count the t- switch over. As far as Nintendo announced like predictions in this. Okay. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, because you know they do their own. They're unpredictable. That's the thing. You know, like yeah. they, they, would, they all do their own thing. Like they, would, they, you know, they haven't announced um because they have a, a Mario game coming out. I think later on this year, and they haven't announced anything about it. Like they just they don't say anything. Yeah. I would say to be quite honest, pretend that Nintendo is not that they're unpredictable. I think that they're just they are predictable. That they're just like okay, you know, this is kind of like you know, there there's yeah. always they have their their three big exclusive releases throughout the year, and then that's kind of it. You know, there's really nothing. It's some sort of Mario game. Potent, you know, the only time they're unpredictable is when it's ever like anything in relation to like Zelda, right? Um, yeah. But then that's that's kind of the way they are. But yeah, I, I, the only the only one that I would say Nintendo related would be that they're going to announce they're going to show gameplay of Metroid Prime Four. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be the only thing I can think of with them. Yeah, but I, what I was going to say really quick before if we before we jump to Nintendo, if we do jump to a Nintendo discussion, um, <laughs> was I think in a perfect world. Uh, your release schedule this year for Sony, when it comes to Ratchet and Clank, um, God of War, and and Horizon, I think you'll have Ratchet and Clank most likely, um, just because of I guess the the scale of the game is obviously not as big as as something that Horizon is or God of War is. So I think a May ish release might work, May kind of June release, and then because um, Last of Us Two came out in May, correct? So yeah. uh, July was Ghost of Tsushima, so that probably would make sense if they wanted to release Horizon because they've been working on the sequel to Horizon probably longer than they've been working on the sequel to God of War just because of when it was released. Um, so, and then God of War most likely will probably be a, a, a maybe an early November to late November type of release. I don't mean you because know, games don't really get released in December too often. No, so, not really. Yeah, usually November yeah. is like that's like the peak. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's. Um, that would be my prediction as to what the release schedule would be if these three games come out this year, which I think they probably will. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be definitely very interesting. You know, yeah. like, the main thing is we all win. You know, because <laughs> like if we get even two or you know just one of those games coming out this year, I'll be I'll be more than happy with it. So yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I have one more thing I just want to add because I I was thinking about games coming back and everything like that. One thing I always wanted, I know this may even be this year, but Blue Point making a Mirror Solid remake. Oh man. Any but remake. I, which one though? The first the first Metal Gear? First one, first Metal Gear Solid, straight up remake. Just what they did with uh Demon Souls and what they did with Shadow Colossus. Again, I'm not Shadow Colossus wasn't a big fan of the series because I get it on PlayStation 3. I'm like, oh, this is a good quality, good quality game. And seeing what they did with Demon Souls, like, all right, these guys know how to make a game over again. Again, maybe as a developer, they don't want to do it, but I think, yo, give them America solid, pay Kojima wherever they need to get paid, you get back mm-hmm. tenfold. So that's my like my secret fourth pick. <laughs> I think I, <laughs> I think I think they know what they're good at, which is obviously the kind of track record that they've had. Because Alexis and I have talked about Blue Point before, yeah. and I am surprised that Sony hasn't kind of scooped them up in terms of just like as like a you know, one of their big developers, but this is the the developers that we handle, like we let them handle just like remakes of things because anything, I mean, I will play any sort of remake that Blue Point will make, I will play it. You know, it doesn't, it, it could be something that I had no interest in before I will play. I've actually been considering playing their Demon Souls, obviously remake just just to try it, just yeah, because here. It, it just looks so fucking good, and they and they just do such a good job with remakes. It's pretty mm. their their track record with remakes has been amazing so um anything a metal gear solid one remake from them would be unbelievable i think yeah. it would it would be pretty surreal so um hell let them make if they want they can make 
you know, a Metal Gear Solid, uh, what I guess, uh, a remake of the first four. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, no, they, they could skip two if they wanted to, but definitely give uh, me one. Get, give me one and give me one and three, and I'll be more than happy. You, you like the plot twist? Uh, you're not. No, <laughs> I know, right? No. I love four. I, I mean, personally, I love four. No, no, but... four. Four is fantastic. No, four is four is really good. But yeah, my 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 fears by far are the is the first one and uh, Snake Eater. Snake they Eater can... was just like a masterpiece. They can remake any of them. It doesn't matter. I, w- I will play whichever one they want to remake. So yeah, like I just love with Snake Eater. Like I don't know if it was like the first game, but it was the first game I ever played where the title sequence took like four hours to actually get. <laughs> it took forever. It took forever. Like like Valhalla, like I think that took what three hours to get to the title screen. Yeah, what is it? You go to England, right? And that's finally when yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That, that's when you finally get like, oh yeah, I forgot that I'm playing an Assassin's Creed game. Cool, <laughs> thanks for reminding me. Yeah, well, like at four least four hours in. Cool. At least you didn't play six hours Cyberpunk and it crashed on you at least twice. And as a prologue, I'm like, so you didn't even see the title screen. <laughs> like it, I'm like, how can it crash three hours in? And it's like it hasn't really started yet. And I'm like, this is why oh I knew I started. Oh, sorry. Oh, that game. That game. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, that, uh, what a what a bad one, bro. What a bad one. But yeah, like I said, like I said earlier, I'm gonna wait until they release the patch, and they're like, "All right, the game's good. You guys can come back now." And then, like, I'll, I'll it'll get be, it. It'll be twenty dollars by then, if that. Right, great. Even better for me. Like, I won't feel as bad when it crashes because I know I want to spend sixty dollars on it. Yeah, for sure. You win on that. I mean, <laughs> they, they they're they're refunding people too. They were supposed to refund me. Whether I think it's. It's made it. Sony made it seem like whether you wanted a refund or not, but apparently you do have to opt in if you want a refund. But you can still keep the game, from what I understand. So, which I don't know how that makes sense, but oh, I, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I think but, they revoke your access. I think you can re. You can't rebuy it digitally anymore, but you can buy it physically. So yeah, like it, it's yeah. not in the PSN store, so you right. can't like buy it digitally. Right. But but I but I still think the rumor is that you still get to keep the game. It's at least uh, what I'm talking about like digitally. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like it, it'll stay in your library, but you don't get access to it because it's not in the store. So like it's not a game you can physically. You know, I can play it right now if I wanted to. Yeah, but but did you get the refund? Uh, I don't remember, but I I opted in to get the refund because I was like, yeah, I might as well because like if the game's broken, and I'm not going to play it. Might as well just get my money back and then buy it again if I have okay. to buy it again when it's cheaper. So okay, yeah. all right. Well, Sony, if you're listening, disregard all that. Okay. <laughs> all right that, that never happened <laughs> all right fellas so uh yeah that's um i think that's that's good for uh for this first episode of alexis says in 2021 so we each made our three predictions well carl's made like two and a half because he and i have the same one <laughs> but, but you know but the, they were all really good uh I, I hope that all of them come to pass uh hopefully 2021 turned out to be you know a much better year than 2020 it's already starting off better well starting off today like the first <laughs> weeks for a clusterfuck we're, we're definitely happier right now than we <laughs> yeah, were yeah, definitely happier right now at this moment for sure yeah. but uh yeah like hopefully you know we get everything going with these predictions and you know like get, you know things things uh go well and then hopefully 2022 we, we can make even crazier predictions then you know we'll see how it goes but uh, i want to go ahead and uh thank my guests for joining me this week uh carlos where can people find you so my Instagram handle is Briseno underscore media underscore. And it's just my personal Instagram page. Then I post pictures and stuff and stories here and there, you know, eating shit around the house, having fun with the dog, all that stuff, all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, Steven, how about you, brother? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at only one Brooks, like only one number one Brooks. And then I Twitch, I stream Avengers and other games and Bloodborne. So find me on Twitch at worst behavior 92. Oh, all right. Awesome. Like, I'll definitely check that out. I'm going to add you on Twitter. Okay. I'll make that happen. 
And uh, guys, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, you'll find me at Alexis underscore says underscore. I am also on Twitter at Alexis Javier 88, where it's been mostly just like basketball and political stuff. But now that we're past all that, it's me basketball stuff and memes. So definitely join me there. <laughs> so uh, guys, once again, I want to thank you guys for joining me. We'll definitely do this again. Everybody take care of each other and peace out. <laughs>